0: The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening.
1: According to my information, it should appear in this quadrant here, just south of the Bounty Showcase.
0: I hate to say it, but it looks like the build you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the stat blocks are incomplete. If a build does not appear at the Dark Times podcast, it soon will exist. Hi, welcome back to the Dark Times, a saga edition podcast. I'm Sam Jocasta New. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite Jocasta New. Sorry. She gets a
1: lot of hate
0: online. That's sad. What? She's so fucking cool in those comics. Well, before I go on a rant about Jocasta New, please, Stephen, who are you? And I'm Steven, a Jedi Knight on the brink
1: of unraveling a mystery that will change the galaxy forever.
0: There we go. I love that. Yeah, a
1: little little intrigue there.
0: Before we get started on our episode, I do want to point out, in the Darth Vader comics, Jocasta New pulls out a lightsaber rifle from deep in the archives and uses her own lightsaber to shoot it at Darth Vader. (laughs) It's... No, no, no! No, you're you're cringing! It's cool! It's cool!
1: (laughs) Sorry, I just hear the words lightsaber rifle and I start, like...
0: No, I like the lightsaber rifle. It's good. I
1: mean, as long as you you like it,
0: you don't think it's cool. It's like an it's an old Sith weapon that uses Jedi's lightsabers as ammo. I think it's unorthodox. (laughs) That's why it's in the archives, baby. They're not fucking used. That's expensive ammo, my man. But it's cool as fuck. It's like the fucking Spartan laser of Star Wars, man. Uh,
1: Okay, see now you're bringing Halo into it. Now you got my interest back. (laughs) Steven, um, we have some feedback from last I week. I got some great feedback. Uh, I'll start off with, with Zloy Krolix here. Hoth. I've used that in a Rebel Alliance campaign. I kept sending the group back to Hoth for various reasons. Each time they were sure it was going to be attacked when they were there. That's really funny, Zloy, by the way. <laughs> they were off-world when it happened, but it was fun watching them worry about it. I'm glad you like the Ace Pilot mooks. I'm surprised you haven't appropriated them for zero point already. Uh, he means zero distance. Zero distance. Means. Yeah, Which is funny, because... You guys are the Null Point Contingency is how you got yes. your name. Null Squadron. Yeah. Anyway, use and modify them as you see fit. I came up with them and the gunslinger mooks in response to your comments. I used the gunslingers as a hit squad in my bounty hunter campaign I'm currently running. They gave the PCs a bit of a shock when they ran into them. Thanks for the kind feedback on them. Thank you, Zloy, for your lovely emails and submissions as always.
0: Did we hear from anyone else, Sam? Oh, uh, we heard from Crash Team 1985 on Reddit. So, I thought I'd share this with you guys as I listened to your podcast. I had a player who was relatively new who had a backstory of coming home from being a POW to find his family gone, and so he became a loner when he realized that everything he loved was gone. He left it vague, and I approved, and after a short while of gameplay, the players ended up accepting a mission that took them back to the planet he was a POW on. So, I took that Play Doh, so to speak, and I put it straight through one of the spaghetti machines from our childhood. When they got to the location of the lab they were sent to find, they found cloning equipment and vats that had clones in them that looked like the new player. And he found out through the course of monologuing with the BBEG that he was not the POW who escaped that camp, but a clone. It was his original who got out, found his family, and went into hiding. So somewhere out there, he's in the wide galaxy, and his clone is the actual player character. You've never seen a player's mind melt so vividly right there at the table. Enjoy, and I loved this episode. Thank you, Crash Team.
1: Mr. Team. uh, Mr. Team. Can I call you Crash Team? Team? Um, (laughs) you, You understood what the last episode was about perfectly. And and the fact that you used uh, the Plato metaphor with the spaghetti extruder, um, extra points for you, my friend. <laughs> yes. That, that this is the exact kind of backstory twist that we were talking about last week. And it's so, so cool that you had a story to share with us. Uh, thank you so much. I, I can only imagine this, this complete, like uh, just, yeah, I, okay, so I wanted to say mind fuck, but I feel like that's so overused. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, well, like, like mind
0: fuck. Well. You uh, you flipped his story on itself. Yeah, you know? but
1: Crash Team, you really, you really did find that angle that you could pull from that thread, that that unorthodox twist that the player was definitely not expecting. Very cool. I also like how you left it open ended with having the original cloned guy be somewhere out there with this clone's, you know,
0: family. Very cool. It sucks because this was the exact same uh, plot you had for Dev, and 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 it's been spoiled in this episode of the Dark Times <laughs> podcast. We'll have to change it now.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: Dev was a clone the entire time. With the way he acts, I would believe it. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't have PTSD. He's just a mismade clone. <laughs> His proteins are
1: folded all wrong. Wow, amazing.
0: That explains why he's extra wrinkly as a duros. <laughs>
1: I, I do be thinking about his wrinkles.
0: <laughs> Steven, ah. what is the premise of this episode today?
1: So I, I I've been on the subreddit, you know, we, we, we you know about the subreddit, Cruise,
0: you're cruising the net, I'm, Steven, I'm oh, you know, the
1: and you know, obviously so many people are getting into Swissy and, and so many people are just looking beyond D and D in general these days for many reasons. And all of them pretty damn good reasons. Um, there was a lot of discussion this week on how to start in Swissy. And we've talked a lot about like beginner GM stuff and like beginner player stuff. And and that's pretty well trodden ground, but a topic I don't think we had covered is how do I get my table into Swissy? Like say none of us are exactly new to RPGs, say that none of us are exactly new to star Wars, but how do I, how do I cross that threshold? Because it's, it's kind of a, kind of a gap. You know, it's it's not easy to convince a table to try a new system, right? Uh, or an old system. Or an old which system, is, which this is. very much is. <laughs> Something I I think a lot of us, you know, good Swissy heads out here need to need to take a step back and come to terms with is that Swissy is very much an acquired taste. It is a, it is a hard sell. There's a lot of things about Swissy that don't make it the first choice. I mean, I don't know if you you noticed, Sam, Swissy is not the number one. RPG on the market right now.
0: Not even the number one Star Wars RPG on the market (laughs) right now. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, And, and there's reasons for this. It's old, one, it's out of print is another, but also it's, it's based on an entire idea, an entire design, an entire legacy of, of game design that is just no longer aligned with consumer and gamer tastes. And that's and that's fine. That doesn't mean Swissy's bad or Swissy's going the way of the dodo or, or I don't know, what's a good what's a good Star Wars dodo.
0: Way of the rancor? Yeah,
1: going the way of the of the <laughs> rancor. I watched Return of the Jedi the other day and it, it that that movie is so weird. That movie is so <laughs> yeah. weird, especially up until they blow up Jabba's barge. So much weird shit goes down. Everything from the song and dance number to the, the, the giant crying grown man when the rancor is saying. <laughs>
0: Why did
1: George put that in? As a kid, it made me uncomfortable. It's It's, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but like in a
0: not in like a comedy way in like a Return of the Jedi. This is not the episode we talk about Return of the Jedi for 20 minutes, but I do want to talk about Return of the Jedi because the the removal of the scene where Luke's like, oh, yeah, here's my new lightsaber crystal. Like just got it. It totally changes your perception of him as a character in that movie. Because without it, you're like, oh my god, he's all fucking leveled up now. You know, he's got a he's all he's wearing all black, he's got a green lightsaber, you got the Gucci Chanel boots on. He's got-
1: <laughs> I saw your Chanel boots, Mr. Skywalker. Ugh.
0: But yeah, Return of the Jedi is weird, but that's not That's not for the episodes about, but we will do that episode one day. <laughs> um where was
1: I? I totally derailed myself per usual.
0: How does it not align with oh the modern consumer and yes. gamer?
1: Swissy has a lot of crunch, a lot of numbers, a lot of detail. These are things that I think every Swissy fan loves the most about it. I, I think crunch is the number one thing people talk about when they talk about why they love Swissy, but I, I got it. I'm going to put my hand. I'm putting my hand on your shoulder again, dear listener, again, gently. Like this is I'm being cool about it. Like this isn't weird. And let's see if you like pull be back, be cool, be cool. Yeah. Be cool. If you pull back, I'm not going <laughs> to pursue Like it's fine. We're in the minority. If you if you like crunch in in an RPG, especially in this like brave new world, this modern day and age, people don't like crunchy RPGs anymore. And, you know, that's a whole other episode as to why we could speculate why that might be. It's it's kind of obvious just because as as the player base for RPGs expands, so does the, you know, amount of shit people can take when it comes to doing (laughs) math at the table. And sorry, also another newsflash. Most people do not like math either. Um, I I like
0: math. We're in a po- we're in a post math society <laughs> in, in our game, math society.
1: <laughs> and trawling through lists of talents, feats, character options. These are also things most people do not like. It's a sad reality, Sam, what the world has come to. No, I'm kidding. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going on that sort of rant. But
0: But I get what you're saying. Exactly.
1: It's it's the truth. It's just it doesn't appeal to most people. And most people are now into RPGs. So things have shifted. There's all sorts of other systems that capitalize on this rules light approach. And they are very good. Mike, by gosh, you've seen we've talked about some of the games out there these days. Oh, Oh, man. man. The one-page RPG scene, shit like Blades in the Dark that takes a much more stripped-down approach to the whole idea, it's amazing.
0: Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Pathfinder 2nd I mean, Edition. We could edition. talk about it all day if
1: we, if we were given the airspace, too. You know. Even Rodney, you know, the granddaddy of Swissy, the, the head lead designer of Swissy himself, knew this. Had, much of our interview was about this change in the RPG market, and he had adapted to it, and it makes sense that, that you know, you might have to, too. But— Let's say that you found people who are already passionate about RPGs and who are already passionate about Star Wars. Those are the only two things you need to convince people to try Swissy. I'm sure of it. It's the Stevie P guarantee right there. Write it down. Stevie P guarantee. If you find in and, and this is get your average 5e play group that, you know, plays every three to four weeks <laughs> because (laughs) every two months yeah every two months because Because I haven't
0: read that far in Curse of Strahd yet
1: (laughs) that's funny I was going to go for the regular like scheduling joke but you (laughs) you made it better (laughs) take your average 5e play group that meets every two months because they haven't read that far in Curse of Strahd yet (laughs) (laughs) say at least half of them are into Star Wars or have like seen A New Hope bam That's your that's your base right there. Unfortunately, I'm not convinced you can swing it otherwise. I've tried to play this game with people who, like, don't have any real strong feelings about Star Wars and or don't have any real experience with RPGs. And it's it's just not there. It's hard. It's hard when if if you don't have those two ingredients, that's your garlic and your onion right there, your tabletop experience and your love for Star Wars. It's it's hard to for someone to find the motivation to slog through Swissy. And sometimes it can be a slog for the average player, not for us. We love it.
0: <laughs> so, and RPGs aren't for everyone, no. especially chunky RPGs. Yeah. It's very much a was Saga Edition. It wasn't your first RPG, right? It actually was. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, well, maybe make sure it's not your first RPG, but Steven is the outlier. <laughs> Spider's Steve, who has been playing RPGs <laughs> in a cave. was an outlier and should not have been counted. And,
1: and obviously the, my experience is a little bit exceptional here because I'm just that cool, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> sure. I, I kid, but it, I, uh, Swissy was my first RPG and I would never do that to anyone else.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you have to, like you were saying, there has to be either a true passion for not just star Wars, but like the star Wars universe. Yeah. Star you Wars know? storytelling,
1: it, it doesn't, yeah. it's, it, it's probably not enough for someone to choose eight talents. If they just think R2-D2 is cool.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think I know anyone who's like, yeah, I really want to play as R2-D2.
1: <laughs> but actually, I, I had a, a new player really gung-ho about like emulating C-3PO in every possible way they could.
0: That's different, though. Because C-3PO is like talks. Yeah, that's know? a good point. <laughs>
1: C-3PO has like, you know, arms and legs and can talk. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? And you're right, but maybe maybe someone who plays 4E every week and thinks Leia is pretty cool, maybe <laughs> yeah. they can do it. You know? For sure. But I, I think the key is to really find people who are already passionate about RPGs, whatever that means. That could be that they're into, what is it, uh, um, Sword sword lesbians?
0: Thirsty sword lesbians? Yeah,
1: it could be that they're hardcore into thirsty sword lesbians and like the Clone Wars. It could be that they're in a bi-weekly 5E group at their local gaming store and they st- like Andor. Like, it could be anything. But I, I really don't think, I really think you are barking up the wrong tree unless they already like RPGs and already like Star Wars. Because those two things are crucial for getting into Swissy. Because Swissy isn't great for first-timers in either of those arenas, really, at all. Though uh, of course, if someone you like and someone you want to game with comes up to you and doesn't have either of these and says, "Hey, I want to play Swissy," please do play Swissy with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just because they walk in from the desert and ask for Swissy doesn't mean you're not going to deny them Swissy. You have to provide. It's it's I, that's a good point, Stephen. Though, but I, I think um, the good a good table for finishing a Swissy campaign. It's like takes the secret ingredient, you know, like you have to have the right ingredients in the right place. It's got to have a session zero. I yeah. feel like you got to have a session zero. Preferably you make characters together or you make characters with the GM and the GM helps you figure it out. Cause fuck my first character was a droid. Yeah. And, and it sucked to make, <laughs> it. I mean, I don't think, I don't think I could have done it without saga forge or any other sort of tools like that. I think it totally needed computer help to actually be done. And a lot of my characters I make now is super helpful to use saga forge and stuff like that. I think making a from the ground up character, building a character first time should be with the game master who's played before. Oh yeah. I feel like, and that's, I mean, that's the target audience for this episode is the game master who has played or has wanted to play, but hasn't been able to get their players to play. Right. This is kind of our, This isn't the. this is not the episode you bring to the players who haven't played before and be like, hey, listen, this is going to get you into Swissy. This is how can I get my players into Swissy? Oh, yeah. The the episode.
1: How can I how can I manipulate them like Dune Frank Herbert style into into (laughs) wanting to play? What
0: should I put in their drinks to make them like Star Wars more?
1: (laughs) Uh, Blue. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I, I wanted to, to, that that's a great, good segue, Sam, because I wanted to tackle some of the stuff I see about starting Swissy and what I think about it and what I, what I think you should do when it comes to actually playing the game. Um, do you remember, Sam, early on when we were playing Dawn of Defiance and our group actively bemoaned, in, including you and including me to an extent, <laughs> like literally audibly groaned every time we leveled up? Yeah. <laughs> because we knew we would have to get like, like hip deep in the Swissy wiki and like go through like 12 steps of leveling up. When most of us were just used to fifth edition where everything you get at level up is on a chart in a book and you look at it and then you write it on your sheet and you're like, Oh yay.
0: It's still a chart, but it's also like there's this chart, but there's also five other charts you could try if you wanted to try those instead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to mention none of those charts have a third a level at every or a feed at every third level. written on them. You just have to remember that. But yeah. And, and I think about that uh, from starting at like groaning at a level up to now having a Swissy podcast. So funny, by the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What a character progression I've made. Seriously.
1: (laughs) But you know, I think it really illustrates how Swissy can feel at first to, to the uninitiated. And that's why I really think you got to start in the shallow end. Occasionally I see advice about starting Swissy and more often than not, I see like old heads, like some, not everyone, like just a few people usually recommend starting around like between level four and level six because, quote, that's when character builds and multi-classing start to get interesting. No, I'm so sorry, but no, like that, that whole statement misses the entire point of getting someone into Swissy. Someone new to this game does not care about how sick the multi-classing is.
0: Yeah. And I I think people who think that are very much in the camp of optimize. All right. Well, we'll call them what they are, Steven. They're min-maxers. We've Ooh, seen the power yeah. gamers. Yeah. I mean, we're familiar. We've been there. I've been there. Yeah. But I think the beauty of a star Wars system is that you're telling a star Wars story in it. And I'm sure we've talked about that. Oh yeah. Just a couple times, I think. <laughs> but yeah, you, I, The level one, you gotta have it. We, we had so much fun making level one character. It's so funny that we've gone from hating leveling up and just completely being like, Oh, I gotta go back into the fucking feet trenches again to, Oh wow. We made level one characters and it was so fun and I want to play level one again stuff like that. Seriously, literally
1: getting giggly in front of a microphone over how (laughs) fun it was to throw together a level one character and you're so you hit on the point about Star Wars story Star Wars storytelling. That's what this is. You know, don't get it twisted. You know, it's not build our our pencil and paper action figures and see who has the coolest one. That is part of it, but the main <laughs> part of it is Star Wars storytelling. And to really cut the fat to get through all the you know the the crunch and just start doing that, you need to be at level one. Your first game at, with Swissy should be level one. Like I I, I don't really. Except any other excuse or explanation, and again, of course, there's the exception where if you are a hardcore weekly since like 2001 3.5e slash 4e play group, and then Swissy's going to come so naturally to you because that, that's the same ideas all kind of wrapped up in those three systems more or less. I, I like to call Swissy 3.75e sometimes. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> I'm great. not the first person to coin that, but it, it always makes me chuckle to to call it as such. No, to sell someone on Swissy, you need to give them just a little taste, just a little nibble. And that means starting at level one. That means scoundrel one with knack.
0: <laughs> the re-roll the skill? Yes. Oh, knack yeah, is I like my so. favorite level one talent. <laughs> knack, really? Knack, <laughs> Knack is good. You don't like Knack my favorite steven favorite level one talent it's gotta be like block or deflect oh, or okay <laughs> oh no, yeah. deflect is after block right
1: uh i mean they're both accessible level one
0: yeah so def- i think deflect was probably my favorite level one talent
1: it's you know that's a great one too and it feels badass when you're new to swissy level one and guess what you're blocking blaster bolts with your lightsaber that's all you want to do in star wars that's all I wanted to do when I first played Swiss. See, I was like, oh, fuck, how do I start deflecting blaster bolts with my lightsaber? That's exactly that's why I wanted to know first. OK, if you don't want to do level one, you can do level three. That's fine.
0: But, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said, no, you have to do level one. And now that we've set that hard limit, we're actually giving we're giving well, up
1: because <laughs> level three is two talents. Right. And I, I think the average noob can do two talents.
0: Yeah, for sure. I for think. Sure.
1: But just do level one, folks. Like, like, remember that it's not about min-maxing. It's not about the crazy builds and the multi-classing, though very good at that. It's got to be for the Star Wars storytelling, and that means level one. And when you get them hooked with your sick fucking session one at level one, guess what? They'll keep coming back. Before you know it, you'll be level six, level seven, level eight. They'll have crazy builds, and it'll be awesome.
0: Eventually, they'll be like our group where we're like, hey, we haven't leveled up in a while. You know, uh, is that going to happen anytime soon? You know, it's been a while since we had a level and you're throwing this shit at us now. So.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Try to time it. And I already think I've talked about this on the show at least once. But in our first campaign, I we just did milestone leveling because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a human fucking being. That's all I have time for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would always get people asking me, I always get players coming to be like, Hey, it's been a while since we leveled up like the session or like the session before that I was going to dish out the level up. So I felt really good about eyeballing the level <laughs> up. The see pacing. if you can too. The the trick is like once a month. That's that's however, however often you play like once every calendar month or two. That's, that's what they want. That's what they want to see.
0: <laughs> These are the tricks that, that star Wars doesn't want you to know about <laughs> being a, a game master. <laughs> And
1: the biggest piece of advice I can offer, the Swissy Wikia is probably the coolest gaming resource to ever come out of a community project. Shell Walker has put her heart and soul into making sure that that shit is fucking premium. And it is. It's an amazing work. It is perfectly preserved. All of Swissy for, you know, ages untold. I don't want you to use it in your first campaign. I I don't think you should. I I think it's too overwhelming. We already know that Swissy is not designed to be read like that, especially by a first timer. The the, wiki is a reference tool. It is not for learning the game, although it's it's it it de facto is because it's the most accessible version of the game there is. But the core rulebook is beautiful. It's succinct. It's live. It's sexy. It has everything, truly everything you need to play Star Wars in any era. It does. Like, I, I promise It does. And so just, just stick them with the core rulebook for your first game. Just 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 say, there's a lot of shit out there. We're just going to do this for now. And then as your campaign grows and develop, as your players grow and develop, bring in those source books. Hit them with the wiki when it's finally time. They'll find it on their own anyway if they really, really want to see it. But really emphasize to a new player, you know, RPG veteran, Star Wars diehard or not. Just start with the core rule book because that's how you're going to sell them. That's the hook on the end of your line with those 10 or 12, however many, like 10 source books all the way up your fishing line. That hook on the end. <laughs> that's the core rule book.
0: That's well put, Steven. I I, I do agree that because Ronnie Thompson said it himself. It's very much a pickup, put down source book system. You're supposed to just grab yeah, like two or three modular for your campaign and use just those three and then be done with it.
1: Yeah. I try to think what like if I had to pick three source books that weren't the core rule book. What would I pick for zero distance? Obviously, like Starships of the Galaxy. That's Galaxy that, like, War has to be yeah. Galaxy at War, big time. And maybe then maybe pro-
0: Unknown Regions. Unknown maybe
1: unknown regions, but definitely more so Rebel uh, uh Rebel era rebellion. Oh yeah era yeah, yeah yeah. Rebellionary
0: yeah. campaign guide. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I would love, you know what? That's a good, that's a good question of the week, Steven. That's our episode question for the fans. What nice. are three, can't use core rule book. What are three source books you want to run a campaign around?
1: I like that. I like that. Let's hear it. I always think about like the scum and villainy galaxy of intrigue, um, force unleashed campaign. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, for me, it's got to I scavenger's guide to droids, scum and villainy. And then, um, I'd have to say Force and Lease campaign campaign guide. I force love and Lease so Campaign much. Guide is
1: really fucking good. Um, <laughs> the they uh, we all know that if it wasn't for the video game, it'd be called like the Dark Times source book or like the the Imperial source book because it's it's that <laughs> chock full of of just great stuff. And I think the last little chunk of of advice I can offer for anyone, you know, looking to get others into Swiss is just be be bold. You know, don't don't let any doubt or, or anything hold you back. You know, give your peers a reason to try Swissy by demonstrating your passion. More than likely, you play with your friends your friends like you because of your passions. That's usually how most friendships form. If, if I'm being honest, I'm looking across the screen to my, my podcast <laughs> no, host I, and good friend here.
0: I like you, Stephen, because your voice is good for radio. That's the only reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the only reason I'm here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could have picked anyone else
1: in the world. <laughs> Show off your art, your stat blocks, your adventures to interested parties, you know, when your buds are sitting around chatting about the next pathfinder dungeon you're going to undertake see so like oh this reminds me of something i cooked up for a little game called saga edition the other day and they'll be like what like what do what do you mean <laughs> like oh yeah you know i just i just you know threw together a little imperial battle station kind of dungeon thing it's, it's yeah they had cool. to write
0: a speeder through it i don't know if you'd be interested it was too cool exactly
1: and especially since a lot of people through no fault of their own. I mean, it's it's what it is. Conceptualize role-playing games as like a fantasy setting. I mean, that the popular conception of role-playing games is exclusively fantasy. Shit, we've
0: got a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out this year. I exactly.
1: Mean, exactly. When I first tell people about Swissy, especially like RPG gamers, when I tell them about Star Wars role-playing, they're like, I didn't even know you could do that. That's what people say to me. They're like, "I didn't even know you could ride a speeder through a collapsing imperial battle station as it blows up as you ride away with the with the objective." And it's so cool to show people that. So show people that, you know? Just like Sam said, be like, "Oh, you know, had to steal a Sith holocron from an ancient Sith temple and they fought a they fought a crazy Sith ghost, you know?"
0: <laughs> there we go. Yeah, the ghost possessed one of the party members, and it was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll do. I'll do that all raw. By the way, that ain't even hard to do. <laughs> and just be proactive and assert your interest by offering to game master. I hear. Oh my god! Every time I read this, and I read it at least once a week, not just in the Swissy like sphere, but elsewhere. Be like, oh, I really want to play X system, but I could never game master ever. It's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 there had to be a first game master, right?
0: Ugh, roll, roll rock. <laughs> roll rock, confirm critical. Ugh. <laughs>
1: See, no, that, that's that's why they're confirming crits. That's why it's pre-civilization. Troglodytes.
0: I rolled branch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, the it's- ICF- Humanity's first game, like a fucking Far Side comic. Humanity's first game master. (laughs) No,
1: he's got like a he's got like a leather skin GM screen that's like propped up. I was thinking just
0: rocks. Oh yeah, just rocks. (laughs) He's wearing a boar. He's wearing like a boar head on his head. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Oh man. Ugh! First, first DM. The first DM. Ugh.
1: But yeah, we digress into the the Stone Age.
0: GM stand for Grugmaster.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that's so good. Holy shit. That was fucking pure gold, Sam. Oh my goodness. Come on.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry, I no, had to get that no, one off that was, my head. That no, was I'm,
1: I'm glad you didn't stymie yourself from saying Grugmaster on air, because that shit was so good. Oh. Yes, be proactive, assert your interest. By that, I mean like, hey guys, I want a Game Master Saga Edition next Thursday at 7 p.m.
0: You know what's cool about players who are new to your system? They don't know if you're bad at GMing it. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. If they meet the prerequisites to be, you know, to have a good time with Swissy, like we said, kind of mild show up. Int- yeah, yeah, show, show up. Yeah. <laughs> Not don't cancel thirty minutes before. But oh, yeah, God. if they have a vague interest in Star Wars, if they have a vague interest in RPGs, they're probably going to be really chill with it. If you sh- if 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 they show up, you let them shoot at six stormtroopers. And then and then they get like six Gorgillion credits
0: after and and like a local shopkeeper like thanks them and something like they they make an impact in a non-player character's life. As long as you're a passionate storyteller, that's all it takes. Seriously,
1: if you can just demonstrate to them that their actions change the world in some way ever so small and let them kill stormtroopers. You've, you're you're the best Star Wars GM to have ever lived. That's you're you're there. That's all people expect when they sit down for Star Wars storytelling time. Because that's all that's all Star Wars is. Let's be honest. <laughs> Star Wars is about having a good time with your buds, blowing up stormtroopers, and John Williams. <laughs> Also, you got to do music, too. If you don't do music at the table, which God, you're the last game master to not use music at the table, by the way, you got to use music for Star Wars. People, it gets people in the mood so instantly gets me in the mood. I can't GM stars without John Williams playing in the background. I never do. It just instantly sends me away to that like mind space where anything can happen. And there's X wings and TIE fighters and shit.
0: Oh man, when when our setup had got the blue LEDs and oh. then you'd have the fucking hyperspace like uh loop on on the TV in the background. Yep. Oh, that's how you knew we were in it. I felt that seriously. Oh, and chills just thinking about it.
1: And that little stuff is immersive and when your players are immersed, they're having a good time. But that's that's just standard. That's just bog standard GM advice. <laughs> Oh, and organize at your LGS too. That's something I, I wrote down here, but forgot to mention. If you don't, maybe you don't have a regular group you play with. That's fine. Go ahead, make a nice little flyer in in uh, Word Perfect. Do you remember Word Perfect, Sam?
0: <laughs> no, Stephen. I don't think anyone should remember Word Perfect. I think you're the last person who should be mentioning it. Even. My parents
1: used it for their small business way back there in the day. Go. I remember it on the XP machine. Remember <laughs> the, the install disc.
0: Oh, I'm a big fan of the Transformers-esque looking clip art font, you know? The oh, yeah. <laughs> but the chrome to the brown, I'm a big fan.
1: <laughs> Open up Google Docs, print it at your library or your printer, whichever, and put it up at the LGS with permission from the, the operators there and run a game of Saga Edition. You're going to find people who want to try it. Maybe put Absolutely. a little blurb on there about how it's, you know, out of print D20 Star Wars RPG that is fun and let's sit down and make some characters for it.
0: And I don't think we can say it enough, Steven, but I, I feel like we're saying it enough for the entire rest of the community is that you should always have a session zero. Always, 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 always always. session zero, session zero, session zero. You gotta, it helps you gauge what sort of campaign they're looking for. Like you can't go in with your fucking Lord of the Rings Epic and expect players who, who don't want to do that to enjoy it. And
1: effort doesn't mean people are going to want to do it. It's like the saddest truth of like being a hobbyist that I've learned is that (laughs) you can put your heart into soul into anything, anything. And if people aren't in the mood for it, if people aren't interested, then they aren't. And that's not a reflection on you. It's especially not a reflection on them. It's, it's gotta be like puzzle pieces, you know?
0: Yeah. Steven and I really did not get a good start when we started posting in the Star Trek RPG. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It was not, they were not welcome to us. They were like, what are you doing here? These ideas are different than ours. We're afraid. We're frightened. Please leave. Energize. Like that was, that was the whole.
1: (laughs) Energize.
0: (laughs) Energize. Energize away. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Too long. Didn't read. Energize. You have the con.
0: L plus ratio plus you have the god. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's a joke only for us, Steven. <laughs> really, truly is. Well, you know, there,
1: I bet there's some Trekkies who listen. I, I think, right? We definitely <laughs> talk to them, maybe.
0: But yeah, you're, you're LGS. I mean, they're there for a reason. Exactly. If it's not to get you to play weird RPGs. I don't know what the reason is. <laughs> it sure as hell isn't to make money. Trust me, <laughs> I've seen I've seen it.
1: <laughs> oh, you're so right, Sam. <laughs>
0: Just, I, I think saga edition is a product of its time and that product is if your game doesn't have big numbers in it and lots of chunky mechanics, then it's not worth $50 for the rule book. Yes. And, and I think that's just kind of a product of what it came from, you know? Oh yeah. And that's
1: how they advertised it back then. That's what they like. I remember order 66 praising its value because all the fucking math you got for $60, (laughs) I, th- this was a, this was a point they they praised the game of.
0: Dude, Starships of the Galaxy has like over two hundred equations in it. <laughs> that's a, that's like two dollars per equation, Stephen. I don't think you understand.
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: And. Just comparatively to the systems we have now, everything's a lot more streamlined now. We've got the whatever it's called, DD one, I think is what it's gonna be. And, <laughs> and they're trying to <laughs> they're aiming for a more streamlined approach. And we all, you always see them on YouTube as well, all the heavy storytelling videos and how do I make my backstory cool and all that cool stuff. And just because Saga Edition, you know, the first 30 pages aren't dedicated to making my cool half elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean it's not a good system. It doesn't mean you can't convince people to want to get into it.
1: Exactly. And if, if Swissy truly didn't have a place in our modern era, if there wasn't, like, room for Swissy in, in this explosion of, of beautiful RPGs, then there wouldn't be a dark times, baby. The, yeah, you the,
0: wouldn't be here, listener. No, no, no. Off- the, sub- <laughs>
1: <laughs> the subreddit would be a desolate place with tumbleweeds blowing through.
0: A hive of, of
1: scum and villainy. And it's not. <laughs> And the fact that we're here, the fact that you're here, the fact that this is all still churning and growing means that it's time to, you know, get out there and start playing swissy. We just have to do it with an open mind. We just have to do it understanding that not everyone is going to feel or think about swissy the same way we do. And that's the beauty of playing these games with others because you discover new perspectives, new ways to solve problems and to tell stories.
0: And new stories. I, this it's funny that it just you made me think of what we said last week during the break it was uh saga edition is persisting in uh despite disney <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly and it always will you know they can't they can't take us down
0: it's, wait, it's that uh, that whole thing we're talking wait, about DMCA? i mean they they totally can't <laughs> <Yeah>, wait <laughs>
1: Sam, did you get this right here? It says, uh, it says cease all activities pertaining to Star Wars.
0: It's a, it's a bounty hunter fob for the dark <laughs> times podcast.
1: What if the mouse just like was behind me in my webcam and just like,
0: Steven behind you. No, no. yeah, It's over boys. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But yeah, it's just the real corporate conglomeration of the RPG scene right now is very, is very much affecting the games that people are playing. I feel like, and it's cool to be like, Oh oh no, there's no more books coming out. But on the plus side, there's no more books coming out. everything that's going to (laughs) be saga edition is already here and is only increasing without interference from outside forces like Hasbro or Watsi or whatever. Exactly.
1: In conclusion, we don't need them.
0: We don't need them. Thanks for listening to the, my indoctrination soapbox about being anti-big establishment or whatever. I don't know. With the I don't have a <laughs> Steven. Uh <laughs> it's the break. Oh goodness,
1: it's the break. Uh did we have anything to put here besides nope. the usual? Okay. just the
0: usual. Cool. Thank well, you, dear listener. Th- Thank you. Yeah. You know, th- sorry about the tirade. You know, past Sam and past Steven have a lot of Grievances with the with the the state of affairs in the gaming community. And this is our um, only
1: platform. To this is our only, <laughs> this just is like, the only like, way. Be honest, like, I don't
0: go to therapy. This is the only way I can get my emotions <laughs> and check. <laughs> Stephen, how can people support the show?
1: Well, the obvious one is the Patreon. You can go on there. There's a five dollar tier, there's a ten dollar tier. Um, we love the patrons so much. Literally, this the show has ballooned into things that we can't even preconceived before we did this. I, I thought this was going to bomb week two. I thought I was not going to care after week two, but then I saw people throwing money at us and I was like, good, good God. We gotta, we gotta keep going. We gotta, we gotta take this shit as far <laughs> as we can. And we do. And we try. Um, if you're in either of those tiers for three months, you get a special gift, a sticker or t-shirt uh, respectively. Um, if you're considering helping us out on Patreon, Please do, even if it's just for one month. Go ahead, drop down 10 bucks, cancel. I don't care. But we really, really do appreciate the monetary contribution. That goes right to a few things. We have pretty hefty hosting costs. Uh, Our viewership grows week over week and has ever since we went on air. It's amazing. It also uh, helps pay for the merchandise itself that we give you. That shit has a cost associated with it. Uh, and probably most importantly of all, it goes to helping Sam get a little bit of money off the top. And, and this, let me tell you, this is not a paying jobs amount of money here, but just something to cushion Sam's life a little bit and also help pay for audio equipment, which has a tendency to fail with pretty yes. pretty regular. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at an RMA for my audio interface right now. Love it. Love how it turns out it's more art
0: than does. science. Surprisingly, podcasts are art more, more art than science
1: really does. Uh, <laughs> but your, your contributions help keep us on air. They keep help. Sam fed as they probably put down five to six man hours each week just to edit each episode. It's and, like a fucking
0: SBCA ad in here.
1: <laughs> I, I always try to like evoke, um, God, what is it? Um, <laughs> Ethos. To, thanks to viewers like you. What, what was that? The PBS PBS. I always try to like channel PBS whenever we do the break.
0: Absolutely. Strap for cash.
1: Don't I can't do Patreon. That's fine, too. There's a billion gorgillion other ways to support the podcast, including mentioning it to your party, to your friends, to the subreddit. We got a lot of people bring up the pod in the subreddit. Now, Froon Levin was on that shit this week. Amazing. Um I love seeing that like sometimes we are the most recommended source for a piece of information. Can you believe that, Sam? I don't want to like, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs>
0: whoa. whoa, god. whoa like, oh god. Well, I think I'm spiraling <laughs> It's going to my head, Steven. <laughs>
1: you can also just send us an email with a build you're proud of or just to say hello. We'll give you a shout out on air regardless of of what the email says, really, as long as it's friendly. And um <laughs> And yeah, you the send There's your
0: grievances that way too. But yeah,
1: oh yeah, if you got criticism of the show, grievances, please, we'd love to see that in our inbox as well, so we can address it promptly and incorporate it. Was the show certainly would not be as as refined and enjoyable as it is today without the 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 criticism and, and critique of of a great many people, and and we love that too.
0: We love hearing what you enjoy. We love hearing what you don't enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's we have to guess every week, so. <laughs>
0: Don't forget, please, 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 please rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify wherever you listen to your shows. Um, that's um, that's about it, right, Stephen? Let's get into the, the yeah, bounty
1: because it covers the basic. It's time to review our bounty submissions, of which they are bound to full. See you on the other side,
0: Stephen. Just to reiterate to the audience, what was our, what were the parameters of my bounty? What were the parameters of my bounty search? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're good. Uh, this was the Laman bounty. I I wanted to get a a more, uh, gender neutral name for that, but I really could not think of one
0: law person, law, law person. peacekeeper, peacekeeper. peacekeeper? I like oh peacekeeper my, we should have law.
1: called it the peacekeeper. Well, we yeah, we mentioned
0: peacekeeper in the past, yeah. but that's just, you know, yeah. But, yeah. but when I say lawman, I you think, you know what you're thinking of. You're thinking oh yeah.
1: Of we, we all know, but yes, inspired by the the recent attention we gave to death, dirt and the Nerf ranchers daughter. We wanted a, a peacekeeper law enforcer lawman type build. It was, uh, had to be level 10, uh, the enforcer class was not required, though a, a couple people already got cheeky with it, which I, I actually really did love to see. Yeah, a, a, a reluctant keeper of the peace, a really gung ho Robocop, uh, any of these, as long as they were enforcing a law on uh, somewhere on someone, uh, they they fit the bill. And we're level ten. And we're level ten, also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, up first we have Sioshi Kensu's. Hank the law dog. Get it, dog?
1: Oh, take a bite out of crime.
0: Take a not McGruff, different law dog. Close <laughs> though. Yeah, uh, we have a it's a Shista Venon. Shista Vannon? I don't I know. I did if I'm not know that, about right.
1: this alien before this I've seen submission. the
0: picture. I didn't know the name. Yeah. Kind of a wolf man kind of thing. Very Hence cool. the law dog. Scoundrel one, soldier one, scout five, bounty hunter one, gunslinger one, enforcer one. Beautiful. <laughs> and Sue says. What I have for you here is a Schistavenen sheriff, a lone gunfighter who's out to bring the bad guys to justice. He's unbelievably fast on the draw and will knock you out of the fight before you even know what hits you and bring you in alive to boot. Oh, boy. I think I can guess the build here. Just don't call him a lone wolf because, well, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are like the werewolf looking guys from the cantina scene.
0: Yeah, they look like the the fucking Spirit Halloween looking guys from the... And Sue left us some highlights about this build as well.
1: Adaptive Talent. Surprisingly quick, always replaces non-lethal tactics. Hank has a useless level of enforcer.
0: So yes, the Adaptive Talent feat overwrites the only <laughs> enforcer <laughs> talent that this build has taken.
1: Beautiful. What a, what a masterstroke. Uh, Schistavan and Add, their survival to the scoundrel class skill set, letting Hank qualify naturally for Bounty Hunter. Very cool.
0: Dastardly Strike, Hunter's Mark depilating Shot, and Quick Draw with a Blue Bolt Pistol with Pulse Charger paired with Deadeye makes it a five-step CT killer build when aiming while the target is flat-footed, dealing 48 plus 9 stun damage base and 48 plus 14 if Hank finds a superior tech specialist friend at some point.
1: Oh, amazing. Spring the Trap, Improved Initiative, Skill Focus Initiative, Skill Focus Perception, Schist of Racial Dexterity Bonus, and Initiative Reroll. The build is almost always going to act first in a surprise round, and Spring the Trap all but guarantees there'll be one if Hank is fighting alone. Very potent initiative cocktail right there.
0: Now I like that, because Spring the Trap says that if you and all your allies roll a higher initiative than all the enemies, then you go first, but if he's the only combatant on one side, and he rolls higher anyway, he automatically goes first and gets that surprise round. It's Way super to tie cool. in the theme
1: of the lone gunman to to a mechanically potent uh, um, synergy. Very nice.
0: I love it. Bad feelings, surprisingly quick, and quick draw with the blue bolt pistol. Uh, anyone who hasn't acted yet in a surprise round counts as flat-footed. Uh, and then quick draw plus the quick draw weapon template lets Hank draw the pistol as a free action and bad feeling and surprisingly quick gives the actions needed to aim before attacking. We all know that bad feeling lets you move, get a move action as a prize round. You can switch that out for a swift action to add to the aiming the, the actions required to aim.
1: Uh, <laughs> just beautiful.
0: What's that add up to, Stephen?
1: The net result is that Hank gets a surprise round, goes first, draws, aims, and sends five steps down the condition track before his target even gets a single action. Lethal. Well, not lethal because it's stun damage, but <laughs> dangerous.
0: Very much the quick draw gunslinger. I love it. The cowboy for sure, you know? Oh, yeah. A high noon draw. All this at level 10, too. Yeah, level 10. That's insane to think about, actually. This would be a tough build to... Imagine just taking out the biggest guy first attack, you know? Oh, this would be this would be tough against some level eight heroes, you know? Oh,
1: yeah, this would be a great boss.
0: Uh, Hank also isn't bad outside of a surprise. If enemies end up flat footed some other way, he can still take him down five steps in the condition track with one attack. And lastly, Hank's name is a reference to Hank, H-E-N-K, is a reference to Hank the Cow Dog, a series of fun kids books about a dog on a ranch who thinks he's chief of security.
1: Very cute. I think I remember these.
0: <laughs> I think it's voiced by Matthew McConaughey and one of the and either an animated series or a audiobook format.
1: He sure is. Wow. That's <laughs> very funny. Oh, yeah. I remember these. I remember seeing the cover around.
0: Thank you so much, Yoshi Kensu, for the submission. Let us move on.
1: Very good. We've got Iroh's James Raynor, a Starcraft character. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I'm. I could not say I'm a, I'm a Starcraft fan myself. I, I don't know the first thing about Starcraft except Lamau <laughs> Zerg Rush. But um, <laughs> uh, you
0: must conduct additional pylons, Stephen. Um, I'm sure we've got some Starcraft fans in the audience who are cringing at our bad attempts at relating to them. Uh, yep. James Raynor is a human scoundrel. One soldier. Three noble. Three officer. Three. And, and Iro said. I decided to try to recreate James Raynor for Starcraft. I don't know if I've done a good job, but he's my favorite Renegade Lawman, so I tried. Inspire Confidence, Born Leader, Assault Tactics, and Exploit Weakness are a must to simulate Jimmy's capacity to lead his troops. Uh, Jimmy to his friends, I guess. (laughs) Assault Tactics and Exploit Weakness (laughs) can also be reskinned as Jimmy ordering his Marines to use stimpacks. He gets to buff allies with a bonus to attack, skills, and damage in a single turn. Because all three Inspire Confidence, Born Leader, and Assault Tactics... Uh, use a move swift and a standard. I don't know which one's which, but it's you can do them all in one turn, which is pretty cool.
1: Very cool. Improved armor defense and the venom armor seems to be the best choices to reskin the massive Starcraft CMC powered combat suit. I agree. Being an officer also gives him the vibes of him commanding his troops from the bridge of the Hyperion. Finally, vehicular combat and skill focus pilot are needed to remember that Jimmy is a great vulture pilot, probably a modified 22B Night Falcon speeder bike with grenade launcher and three thermal detonators installed and the laser cannon removed can do the trick. Um, I wrote thank you. Very creative submission. I, we haven't really gotten like many crossover submissions before, have we? No,
0: not that I can think of. A lot of cool original stuff. But very rarely do we get like crossover stuff.
1: Yeah, very nice. I, I like that. It, it opened up a possibility for build submissions I, I had not previously considered. Yeah, so we could do. Thank we you. We could R- do
0: theme out of universe themed, like a fucking match the gathering secret layer drop. You know? Like- do you know
1: about the fan <laughs> um derivative of Swissy that's a Halo RPG? No, what? Yeah, yeah. They, that's the way. So cool. I think you can still find it out there. But someone reskinned Swissy to be Halo. I knew Pretty about Minock cool. Man.
0: Did you know about Minock Man?
1: I know about my knock, man. There's also a Final <laughs> Fantasy Swissy reskin.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah, really crazy. I feel like normal 3.5 would probably be better for that. You think it would? You think it really would? <laughs> Different conversation. Sorry. Let us continue. We have Zloid Krolik's Milt Longwire, which is... A great cowboy name if I've ever heard one. It really is. Duros, Scout 5, Scoundrel 1, Soldier 1, Bounty Hunter 1, Enforcer 1, Gunslinger 1. Zloy says, shouldn't the lawman post the bounty not be the bounty? Winky face.
1: You know, I saw that and I like instantly deflated. I was like, (laughs) oh, we should just call it off.
0: (laughs) Zloy also wrote a little bit of backstory for us. Sheriff Milt Longwire works the outback on Arcanus patrolling the far-flung settlements, hardscrabble mines, and the Bantha ranches in his district. Either in his beat-up speeder truck or on his trusty steed, Ferg the Blurg, he uses a Bothan template heavy blaster as his main weapon, along with non-lethal tactics for increased stun damage. He's a CT killer build with Hunter's Mark debilitating shot. He will aim if he can. If Milt needs to make a non-stun attack, he will use the quick-draw template blaster pistol and quick-draw free action.
1: I, uh, I thought Arcanus was like an Arrakis reference. Yeah. But it uh, that's just that's just a normal Star Wars planet. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Non-lethal tactics, Stephen, what does that do? Non-lethal tactics is an enforcer talent, believe it or not. The, yeah,
0: it is the enforcer talent actually.
1: <laughs> the Oh, we haven't talked about Enforcer in great detail, have we? We can cover it another time. We'll cover it some other time. When you're using a ranged weapon set to stun, stun grenades, nets, riot shields, or stun batons, you gain a plus one bonus in your attack roll and deal one extra die of stun damage. Very nice. Followed by Hunter's Mark, the classic. If you aim before making a ranged attack, you move the target down one step along the condition track if the attack deals damage. This talent can be used only against characters and never objects or vehicles.
0: Uh, paired with Debilitating Shot, which says if you aim before making a range attack, you move the target character minus one step along the condition track if the attack deals damage. This talent can be used only against characters, not objects or vehicles. Hunter's Mark and Debilitating Shot are like, they stack, which is super cool, right? That helps you go down two steps on the condition track with a single attack.
1: CT killers when an object or vehicle joins the encounter.
0: Oh, no. It's the, the guy who's like, oh, you, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, the picture yeah. I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> and no, I exactly. figured we should also highlight the Bothan weapon template here. Uh, boffin manufacturer weapons deal plus one die of damage when set to stun or when dealing ion damage but deal minus one die of damage when not set to stun or dealing ion damage
1: stacking the stun damage die very
0: good it's pretty good it's pretty good uh, thank you so much Zloy Krolik let's go on to the next build Steven who do we have next
1: <laughs> I didn't actually see this one come in um, <laughs> this is Lil Literalist's Nuck Chorus everyone I feel like we're already. Great Star Wars stepping, name. Great Yeah. I feel like we're already stepping back to 2008 here. Uh, Human Scout 3, Soldier 4, Bounty Hunter 3. Chorus is a lawman on Telos 4. He specializes in tracking down and apprehending dangerous criminals. After a string of successful cases, Chorus has developed a reputation complete with outlandish claims such as those below. Nuck Oh, this is very funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, you want to read these?
1: Yeah, yeah. Chorus can drown a Quarren. When Sith Lords go to sleep, they check under their beds for Nocturus. Nocturus can do, do not, and try all at the same time. <laughs> Did Steven write these? I swear.
0: I believe so there were some that were not originals, but these were the ones that I were like, I was like, these are great. These have to go on the air. The rest are oh, in oh, the, there's more? There's way oh my, oh, there's yes. a huge list. They're all in the build in the description. Please go check it oh, out.
1: That's so funny. When someone has a bad feeling about this, that feeling is Noctourist. <laughs> The Unknown Regions exist because Nocturus decided to leave some of the galaxy for other people to explore. (laughs)
0: Little Little Literalist, thank you so much. It's so funny you mentioned having crossover builds, Steven, and then we get two in the same contest. Yeah,
1: (laughs) very good. Very good.
0: Little Literalist also included some highlights about this build. Plus 16 to hit with unarmed for 2d8 plus 15 damage. Oh, man. Now, that's a lot of damage for an unarmed attack. Uh, he says it's not amazing, but it's really decent at level 10. I think so as well. Yes. Uh, Nuck Chorus can also use rifles or pistols if he needs to. If someone's in melee with his target, he's better off going up and punching them because he does not have a uh, precise shot, I believe is the one.
1: <laughs> amazing.
0: <laughs> he can locate people multiple ways with gather info with detective decreasing the DC by 10. Or Ooh. using survival, with expert tracker letting him follow tracks quicker, or intimidation, having a re-roll because of notorious and favorable circumstances from the scarred background.
1: Ooh, the scarred background.
0: Little Literalist also felt important to mention that this is an incredibly <laughs> subtle reference to Chuck Norris.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, I'm glad he included that, because that would have gone over my head, like so many other things do. <laughs> Really glad we we asked people to get more specific with these.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you, little literalist. And last but not least, Stephen, we have Nick the Flesh Devourer's <laughs> Toruk. It's a tall. I, I love when I, you love when he leans into being called the Flesh Devourer.
1: I love what he writes in with that name because that moniker because I, I practically christened him with it. You
0: did, you did. <laughs> he did sign the letter as your favorite Flesh Devourer, which I'd probably say, yeah, he's up there. He's yeah, <laughs> no, he's definitely up there. Uh. Tor Rook is a Tong Soldier 3, Noble 1, Scout 4, Enforcer 2. Do you even know what the Tong are?
1: Yeah, were they the guys who, like, the original inhabitants of Mandalorian? They are or the, the original Mandalorians, yes. Yeah. They're super cool. cool.
0: I love the the visual description was, like, the, their heads look like the helmets, <laughs> which I was like. They do. I was like, yeah, I, I had to look up a few more reference pictures to figure it out. I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see it's the, it's the brow and the nose and, like, yeah, it's it's super cool. It's super cool. Um, So cool. You want to read what uh, Nick wrote for us here?
1: Yeah. Tor Rook is a middle-aged Tong who served as a Mandalorian MP. uh, Military police, maybe? I believe so. Yeah. In both the original Mandalorian Crusades and the Mandalorian Wars, he managed to survive Malachor V and take a small contingent of Clan Rook's warriors and civilians and has now founded a small colony separate from the other shattered Mandalorian clans. Rook specialized as a tracker and security specialist, apprehending deserting Mandalorians and guarding bases during both wars. He now serves as the sole security officer of his colony in the Outer Rim. You'll notice that he has a wide variety of equipment purchased with both average credits for each class levels he took, in addition to the additional resources from Enforcer.
0: It's I like that... Nick really leaned into the enforcer, even though we were like, "You don't have to use enforcer at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I was hoping someone would because let's be honest, it's it's not the it's not the sharpest class in the shed. But I'm really glad that that uh, Nick decided to do it anyway. Very good.
0: Tor Rook's modus operandi is to track down a target gathering information on them and surveilling their last known locations and using all tools available to him before his running his quarry down in a swoop bike bringing his equipment along in the additional cargo, panniers, and panniers? I think panniers? that's how that's pronounced. Panniers or panniers? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> Panners? <laughs> panniers. Panniers. Okay. In the additional cargo, panniers, and choosing what guns he wants to bring with him when he arrives. He keeps a utility belt and camo poncho on his person at all times, a carryover from both Mandalorian conflicts, and uses them as he tracks down his prey. He prefers non-lethal takedowns, opting for non-lethal measures, hence the pin feet along with the snare rifle and disabling grenades. However, he has accumulated an assortment of lethal tools during his time, understanding that other Mandalorians are just as lethal as he is, and he will often refuse to be taken alive. He's also a highly respected warrior, inspiring fear and awe and equal measures in those around him, bringing him even closer to his target.
1: So cool. I like the theme for this build a lot.
0: Me too. Me too. I love the, I've, you know, Steven, I'm not going to lie when I read it. And when I saw the picture of what the Tong looked like, I was like predator. It's
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the Tong are totally Predator. They, they
0: look very much like predator, the alien. Super cool.
1: Absolutely. Predator, the alien, not to be confused. Yeah. With alien, alien the, the alien. predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's <so> wow. Dumb. <laughs> that was, that was really dumb. Very good.
0: Respected officer, a talent from the enforcer talent tree. You have a reputation that causes allies and opponents to treat you with respect. You automatically improve the attitude of an indifferent character to friendly with no check required.
1: Oh, that's really cool.
0: I thought that was really cool as a storytelling piece.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They also got Hunt the Hunter. When you use a standard action to actively look for hidden enemies, you can make a single melee or ranged attack against any one enemy you notice with your perception check. Very cool. I like that. I, I always feel grumpy when I have to use my standard action to search for an enemy.
0: Do you think this would work at starship scale? Unrelated. Unrelated question, would this work at starship scale? I'd say yes. That's I like the concept.
1: Yeah, cuz I would well, for a couple of reasons. I always err on the side of yes it works at starship combat because I don't want to narrow starship combat any more than it already is. <laughs> and it does specify ranged attacks. That's enough. I love it. Oh, actually, ooh, ooh, ooh. noticing targets at starship scale uses the use computer skill and this mentions perception check.
0: Oh, that sucks. Oh, okay. I would probably
1: still allow it, though. I do not think it works at Starship scale. Rules is written, though.
0: We need a hunt the hunter and then in parentheses Starship scale version of it. Yeah, a separate yeah. talent that is the same thing, but says use computer check at Starship scale.
1: Shoot the shooter. Shoot the shooter.
0: <laughs> Shoot the shooter.
1: <laughs> so it's got exceptional skill perception. We love to see when the exceptional skill makes an appearance. It's my it's one of my favorites now. Oh, yeah, seriously. The oh, you, you using this in a campaign was so fucking whack. When you select this talent, choose one trained skill. Whenever you roll a skill check with that skill, a result of two to seven on the die is always treated as though you had rolled an eight. You can select this talent multiple times. Each time you do, choose a different skill to benefit from the talent.
0: It's so funny that, not to derail the conversation talk about my character, <laughs> with Atorn, he had like plus 19 to pilot? So, literally, it was either he rolled a nat 1, which, surprisingly, he rolled more often than not, or or he rolled a minimum, like, 27, which I think is (laughs) insane for a pilot, especially like, level 7 or 8. But it was super cool. Super cool. Steven, that's all the builds we've got. Those are the pennies. Now what? We've rounded up our posse. Now we have to choose one to make the... Is this how this works? We choose one to make the scapegoat and... We make off with the gold ourselves. Is that how Western movies? work? Yeah,
1: let's (laughs) let's let's roll it like that. Sure. Um, For our patrons, there will be a poll on the Patreon. By the time you hear this episode, you can go on there. You'll have two weeks to vote for your favorite build. That poll will be open until Sunday, March 12th at 1159 p.m. Pacific time. You have patrons that amount of time to input your votes. We'll remind you as we get closer to that date. If you are not a patron, want to vote for this build contest, get on there, throw down your five bucks, vote, cancel. I don't mind. I know Sam doesn't, probably. No, not at all. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a little thing, a little fun twist we, we like to as a thanks to you guys. So Sam and I do not pick a winner. We don't even really think this is a contest. It's a showcase to us. And the patrons get to let their voices be heard and, and vote for their favorite. And thank you so much for everyone who submitted the build. I love seeing a big bountiful bounty build showcase submission <laughs> say that five times fast. Uh, whenever I think you've made that set. exact
0: joke like three times in this show. I hope I have.
1: I hope I fucking have. Um, we love to see it. We are, are building a massive collection of insanely cool stat blocks that people are going to be using for years to come as Swiss continues to grow and expand. And can Maybe i just I'm say, a little bit ahead of myself. Yeah, go ahead.
0: And can I just say that the people who have sent in new builds or who are new to sending these sort of builds have gotten have improved so much oh nailed it yeah it's nailed it's it. insane i've seen such crazy like i i Iro, i don't know how new Iroh is to the system or nick or i mean we we know Little literalist and sue are our old heads at this point <laughs> and zlicrolic really but it's seeing all the new stat blocks they send in get more complex and chunky and mechanically sound and super cool and shit like that. It's 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 awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much. You guys do you have any trivia for us this week?
1: Yes. In Star Wars, Jedi Knight two Jedi outcast. In the demo version, you can overhear two stormtroopers talk about the difference between regular blaster rifles and carbines. At the end of this conversation, one of them mentions being transferred to Cairn station in the full version of the game. The same conversation is heard during the player's time at Cairn station station
0: that's cool so the the same guy goes to a new station and has the same conversation with someone else yep (laughs) these storm stormies don't have a lot to talk about
1: (laughs) dude they do not
0: (laughs) there's no cool water cooler conversations to have as a (laughs) stormtrooper that could be our next uh next opening bit (laughs) definitely the dark times is produced and edited by me sam stevens my co-host You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Tell a friend about the show. Tell us you told a friend about the show. We'll shout you both at the show. Tell us you told your table about the show. We'll shout your whole table out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week?
1: The dark side? I've been there. Do your worst. (laughs) (laughs) That's Kyle Katarin, baby. Uh
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought it was gonna be like Darth Radicus or some shit like that. That's funny. Kyle Kyle I'm the only Jedi who can skateboard, crazily enough. It's true, <laughs> look it up.
1: <laughs> Good night, everybody! <laughs>
0: Hasbro More like has been Am I right How about she She opened game on my license
1: <laughs> Alright Oh man okay. It's
0: b-roll It's b-roll
1: I know it's b-roll It's <laughs> b-roll